Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week 12 upon us. Uh, we got a lot of games that we got a preview here. Uh, how are you doing? How's your week been? What's the difference between you and Justin Puente? Uh, employment? Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was going to ask uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of, you know, these are is there anything we should talk about before we preview the games? It turns out there is, Mike. Um, so start here. Like This is the, the episode. We're going to preview some Week 12 games. Um, we intended to get together at some point yesterday to try to uh, talk through the Justin Fuente uh, firing or mutually parting ways, quote-unquote, situation for Virginia Tech. Yep. Um, schedule didn't really allow for that with kind of what we had going on with work and everything else in life, so... Uh, here we are. We're going to hit on that here for a few minutes before we get into the game. So let's start there, Mike. Um, I, 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 I've been expecting for a while that Justin Fuente was not going to be retained as Virginia Tech's head coach. I was not expecting to wake up on a Tuesday morning and see that on my game phone week. out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah, super weird timing. Do you understand why they did it when they did it? I do now, but when I woke up yesterday morning, we're sitting here recording Wednesday night like we usually do. Mm-hmm. As I woke up yesterday morning at around 7.15, I you know, took the dog outside. My wife made me a coffee. Then she went off to work, said goodbye to her. And then I usually drink my coffee. And then you know, once I'm like awake, I open the laptop and start working. Well, uh, time didn't allow for that. I was two sips into my coffee and my phone buzzes and I get a email from Virginia tech sports information director with the prompt that for immediate release that Virginia tech and Justin Fuente have parted ways. Now, of course that was on Twitter that just like literally went out on Twitter and I, I got the email to, you know, on, on the media listserv all at once. I was like, Holy, why now? Mm-hmm. So that was my question. So the one thing that stood out to me, and obviously I was surprised that it happened on a Tuesday morning, November 16th. That was a surprise to me. Like, okay, if you were going to do it, why didn't you do it after Boston college? Okay. Then I thought about it in my head. I was like, all right, well maybe they wanted to do it after senior day. Let them go out with the seniors. Right. So I'm like, okay, that, that could make sense. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, why didn't they do it on Sunday or Monday? And then I started thinking through it a little bit more. And I actually tweeted that. I was like, I don't get why they did this on a Tuesday morning. And then I, I thought about it a little bit more. Then like 10 minutes later, I tweeted out, the only rationale for this I can give is that they were working on a separation agreement, a la Coach O, right? Mm-hmm. And they reached the agreement Monday night, Tuesday morning. Yeah. And 
Whit Babcock had a press conference with media uh, late morning yesterday that I was on. And turns out that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was surprised. Let me start here. I was surprised by the amount of national media I, I, that just kind of popped off. And I actually tweeted about this, too. That popped off and just assumed automatically Virginia Tech was paying the $10 million buyout. It's like, do you guys pay attention to anything? Like, I, I, reputable national college football writers, I couldn't believe how dumb they looked yesterday morning. They were all tweeting like, oh, so Virginia Tech's just burning $10 million now and they could have fired him in a few weeks? And I'm like, guys, let's think about this rationally, okay? The school releases, you know, the press release comes out. It says, Virginia Tech, Justin Fuente, they mutually part ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, that means they probably didn't fire him, in quotes, right? So mutually part ways in my head means, okay, they came to some sort of agreement to lower the buyout. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking, right? Yeah, I mean, I if they were like, just going right, to burn $10 million, they would have done it like three weeks ago, right? Like, right. Like, why didn't you do it already? Because the buyout didn't drop till after December 15th. We talked about that a million times, right? Mm-hmm. December 15th, buyout drops from 10 to 7.5. It right? was like the we worst kept secret in coaching, hiring, and firing circles around college right. football. Like, Right. So everybody's like, oh, like they just got in a hurry and they panicked. Uh, that was the thing, too. People were saying Virginia Tech panicked. You know, because they were worried about, you know, this school and that school and like going to get their candidate. No, they didn't. They didn't panic. If anything, they waited too long to fire him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they did, no, no, no. They didn't panic. Right. And, and saying that they panicked was under the guise of, oh, well, they're, they're paying him $10 million to get rid of him now because they're panicked. They're worried about like LSU or TCU taking a coach that they want, like Billy Napier, for example. And I'm like, guys, usually part ways, they probably came to an agreement. Well, Whit Babcock said what happened was, and this is kind of the whole timeline, Whit Babcock and Justin Fuente for six years have met every Wednesday. They they have a standing meeting every Wednesday. Last Wednesday, following the Boston College game, they met. And Justin Fuente probably wasn't feeling too good about what just happened on the field, what just transpired a few nights before, and was wondering what his job status was going to be past this season. Whit Babcock basically said, I can't assure you you're going to have your job. Mm -hmm. So... Fuente knew what that meant, you know, and, and who knows what was actually said behind closed doors, but that was the general gist of it that Babcock relayed to everybody in the press conference. And he said that, you know, both parties decided to move on and they got to work on how to make that work. Well, credit with Babcock and the athletic department, credit Justin Fuente for kind of allowing this to be kind of an amicable split, so to speak. So Virginia Tech, instead of paying the $10 million buyout that Fuente was owned, Owed, owned, owed, excuse me. <laughs> They're now paying him $8.75 So they basically met halfway between the seven and a half and the 10. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting it in installments, which is what would have happened if Puente was fired before the 15th, since Virginia Tech lowered the buyout for Puente, if Puente accepted a lower buyout, he then wanted the lump sum all up front. Hmm. It's a lot so, of cash a lot of cash up front so instead of getting that buyout in installments which is that that's how a lot of buyouts work in college football you generally don't get the entire lump sum up front there are some occasions where that happens a la gus miles on right <laughs> right yeah but then there are other occasions most occasions you get in installments Puente said all right if i'm lower to 8.75 i want it all up front with babcock said fine no problem after quite the concession personally but after hey right now after paying the buyouts the assistance 
it's going to be, it's going to cost Virginia tech somewhere around $11 million to get rid of this coaching staff. Mm -hmm. A price you have to pay to move on. Right. So Virginia tech and Fuente mutually part ways. It was the right decision. We knew it was coming. I didn't think it was coming on Tuesday morning. That's where I'm at with it. The, the other speculation that I've heard and, and to me, it's more a question of, you know, why did you do it on Tuesday instead of Monday or, you know, something like that is basically the idea that, I mean, the decision was made weeks ago mm-hmm. by Whit Babcock, like we're going to move on from Justin Fuente. And, and again, that spurred the conversation that we've been having now for a few weeks of, well, the buyout drops on December 15th. And so we're going to do that. Like, right. The decision was made. So why do it, you know, on Tuesday instead of on Monday? And the thought is that, you know, if the decision was made a while ago, then Whit Babcock has been uh, surveying potential replacement candidates right. in the time since, you know, in whatever ways you can without being, you know, super blatant and upfront about it because you still have an employed coach. Um, and so they were getting to the point that, like, you know, he potentially had a particular candidate I don't know necessarily which one, but he had a particular candidate that he was kind of honing in on that he really liked and wanted to offer the job to. But it's pretty awkward, Mike, trying to offer someone a job that is already being held by somebody else. You know, so, you know, if you want to really accelerate your coaching search and make sure that nobody jumps in the line in front of you for a candidate that you really want, I guess this is where you bite a one point two five million dollar bullet and do it now instead of waiting a few weeks or. uh you know, instead of doing it yesterday is like, well, you know, the urgency is here and now, like we got to go, we got to do it. Yeah. Probably falls somewhere in the middle. I mean, with Babcock historically, you know, basketball hires, baseball hires, football hires, he's moved quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, chances are he's already got a pretty good idea of who's interested in this job. And I wouldn't doubt if he has his guy already. I mean, that's just kind of how he operates. Now, when do I think it'll be announced? I think it'll be announced after the UVA game in a little over a week. That's when I think it'll be announced. Yeah. Because the way I look at this is we've never, and we may be trending this direction, and I I heard this theory on the Cover 3 podcast, and I think it was a good one. Tom Fornelli, I think, floated it, that we're probably trending towards a, a world here in college football. And they were talking about this in terms of the Texas Tech hiring Joey McGuire away from the Baylor staff midseason, right? Um, and that was an assistant situation. But so we're probably trending towards a world in college football where head coaches will leave their teams midseason to go to a new job, which, you know, I wouldn't love for that to start, start happening, but I think it is inevitable that that does start happening. But we've never seen that before, right? So if Virginia Tech were to hire a sitting head coach and he were to leave for the Virginia Tech job, you know, within the next week or so before the UVA game, that'd be the first time we've ever seen that. Yeah. So I think it's likely more likely than not that we won't know anything until officially anyway, until after the UVA game here in about 10 days. That's my guess on it. Now, doesn't mean what Babcock doesn't already have an agreement in place with somebody verbally and they're just gotta do the formality of it. But right. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I think that they were working on the separation agreement. I think that probably came to light sometime on Monday. And I, I know they were working on it last week. Uh, now kind of looking back on it, hindsight's twenty twenty. but Justin Fuente gave kind of a non-answer when asked in the post game for Duke, like, how are you going to carry this momentum into Miami? <laughs> and he was just kind of like, Oh, I mean, 
It's like, I'm just going to enjoy this one. It's kind of this weird answer that he would never ordinarily give. I'm like, yeah, oh, strange non-answer, basically. Yeah. And like a lot of people caught that in the post game. They're like, that's a little weird because that doesn't sound like him. You know, mm-hmm. that's a little odd. That sounds like somebody who might have coached his last game. Mm-hmm. But then when Sunday happens and there's no press release and Monday happens and there's his usual press conference that he attends, like we were all on a press conference with him Monday morning, like usual for game week for Miami. And so now I'm thinking like, okay, maybe we were just all overthinking it. Then Tuesday morning, boom, out of nowhere. It's like, all right, he's gone. Like, yeah. Okay. So that was a little odd. But as far as like the timing of it, I'm not surprised it happened like before the season ended. So I'm a little surprised. I'm not shocked. I'm really surprised it happened on Tuesday morning. That was just weird to me. But I guess it makes sense with kind of the timing that with that talk explained. Yeah. Well, and, and what you're saying about, I mean, the, the whole timetable being adjusted kind of at the, at, at the large scale, I think, I really do think there's something to that. Um, it, it, and it, ha- it has everything to do with the early signing period. Um, oh, yes, yes. Because you realize, like, if, if you had kept Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech until December 15th, I mean, that's two weeks after the season ends, and then on December 16th, you'd agree to fire him, like, I don't have the calendar in front of me. I don't know when the early signing period starts specifically. 16th. Okay, the 16th. So, okay, yeah. so on early signing day, <laughs> you're firing the coach. I mean, it's it, like that's that's a disaster. And, it, and it's like I, I just looked it up. It was uh, December 7th, 2018 that Jeff Collins was announced uh, as Georgia Tech's next head coach. And at the at the time, you know, he had a, a recruiting class full of like something like 18 guys or something that Paul Johnson and his staff had recruited and gotten committed. And at that point, Jeff Collins, he, he didn't have time to evaluate these guys or to try to form relationships or whatever. Like just... I think it was uh, there was maybe one guy that they kind of cut loose, but otherwise it was just an effort to like retain everybody because uh, you know a bird in the hands worth two in the bush kind of thing is like right. You just got to go with what you got, and and at that point, one of these uh, transition recruiting classes is now what you have to sit with for the next four or five years, and guys are going to transfer out, and guys are going to not really like live up to what you want from your program and all that stuff. So like. The more ahead of it that you can get, you know, if you, like we're saying here, we're sitting here in the middle of November. If you can get, I don't know, Gary Patterson in to be head coach of Virginia Tech right now, um, well, you give him a month ahead of signing day to evaluate who they got and maybe, right. you know, wish a couple guys the best of luck. And then, you know, you've, you've got more scholarships than you can give out for February. And Mike, I just got to tell you, I'm really disappointed that I didn't get a reaction out of you when I said Gary Patterson is Virginia Tech's head coach. Uh, yeah, Dolphin meme says, I want to die <laughs> with the rainbow. Podcasting is a visual medium, and yes, I do. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, uh, I have promised not to pass judgment on any coach that we select because I thought Fuente was a home run for about 24 months until mm-hmm. he wasn't. So I hire anybody. I mean, Fuente was literally the perfect hire at the time and it didn't work out. So I don't really care who they are. I know it sounds crazy, but that's kind of the approach I've taken this time around. And I have a couple guys that are higher on my list than others. But at the same time, like if, if they hire somebody off the map or somebody a little bit lower on my list, like, what do I know? I just write and podcast and, 
do consulting for a living. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think there's something to like trying to understand the theory or the thinking behind the hire that's made. Yeah. Um, but you're right that basically any of these hires is more or less just a crapshoot, you know. So I mean, it doesn't matter. Everybody's like so upset about how the Fuente regime happened and went down. Everybody's like so happy he's he's gone and like yeah. Virginia Tech's moving in a different direction. So happy he's gone, I guess is makes it seem more morbid <laughs> but uh mm-hmm. certainly happy the program's moving in a different direction but at the same time like no matter who gets hired everybody's going to get in the boat like everybody's going to jump in right i mean it's a new it's a new coach that's what people do it's fan base they're just all you know let's support the guy and let's see what he can do exactly exactly and i i'm right there with you i mean i when georgia tech hired jeff collins like I didn't think that that was like a bulletproof can't miss kind of hire, but like I totally got the theory. Right. And it, it made sense. And I, I was pretty happy with kind of where, where that coaching search ended up, but we're also sitting here at a point in 2021 where I'm really not enthused about what has happened to date or what's coming next. So, uh, you know, but we'll get there, but yeah, like again, it's just, it's a crapshoot. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, let's see what they do and in how it works. Um, do we want to talk candidates right now or come back and do that at a later date? Uh, we can probably do it more in depth at a later date, but uh, I'm going to throw a few out there because, you know, the the hiring could take place literally at any moment, maybe like on a Thursday morning at 745. So uh, I don't know that for certain. I'm just, you know, this is how Virginia Tech works. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, that's uh, how this podcast works, right? Is like... <laughs> We start speculating about stuff. We publish an episode, and then like an hour later, it's resolved. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had realignment dropped on us during the Olympics, so anything's possible. I uh, I, I have a few. I do have a few candidates. Okay, I'm interested to hear what you think. Let's go quickly. All right, my top candidate is Blake Anderson at Utah State. I like that a lot. And I don't know if that's a serious candidate. I haven't seen it on any list other than David Hale mentioned it like in a tweet. So <laughs> I don't think it's like seriously being considered or anything like that. But he was an offensive coordinator under Fedora, engineered a few really successful offenses there. Yep. And North Carolina was actually recruiting pretty well under Fedora in the early part of the tenure. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blake Anderson was a part of that staff. So he's familiar with the area where Virginia Tech recruits, right? Virginia, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Uh, basically like the southern part of the east coast where virginia tech does pull a lot of guys in south carolina georgia florida he moves on to arkansas state and arkansas state had a churn right with their coaches they they had malzahn they had harson uh so blake anderson comes in and the cupboard wasn't bare but all he does is go to arkansas state and literally just win a ton of football games Mm -hmm. right like a ton of football games um, he is a guy who has proven that he can coach almost anywhere, right? And that's from the standpoint of, look, I understand he's never had like a big-time head coaching job at a Power 5 school, but if you look at Blake Anderson and what he's done and you consider the fact that he has a really successful career at Arkansas State where I am pulling up, this is good podcasting, of course, Joey, but I'm pulling up his record right now here 51 and 37 overall 38 and 18 in conference uh he won a minimum of seven games every one of the uh six full seasons he was there prior to the weird 2020 COVID year yes so 
queer 2020 COVID year. And then I believe in that off season before he lost his wife to breast cancer. So, mm-hmm. uh, some, I'm, I'm going to give him a pass for 2020, right? Because he goes out to Utah state, right? Needs to change the scenery goes out to Utah state. Utah state went one in five last year in a COVID shortened season. They're eight and two this year mm-hmm. going into week 11. Blake Anderson can recruit. He can coach. He's familiar with the East coast and he's familiar with recruiting in the ACC. He's a guy that's kind of off the map right now, off the radar that I think, and maybe he's on Wits radar, who knows, who would be a really intriguing candidate. So mm-hmm. I like Blake Anderson. Billy Napier I, feels too obvious to me. Mm-hmm. He's Everybody's talking about Virginia Tech and Billy Napier. I don't know where that's coming from. Is that coming from Napier's people to get more money or leverage wherever he wants to end up like LSU, I think would be the place that he actually wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's LSU's top choice. There's TCU where he's a top candidate there apparently. So is it, you're trying to get leverage between Virginia tech and TCU. Like what's the deal with that? What's the motivation? Napier would be a good fit. Um, I, <clears throat> I think you'd be fine. What, what my concern is like, I, I get he's got the pedigree, right? He's coached on st- staffs with Dabo. He's coached on staff for Nick Saban. He has a really good team at Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But the question is, is he another Fuente? Like, and, and you can't go into a higher thing than that, but I think it's possible, right? Um, he's a really hot group of five coaching candidate, like the guy coming from the group of five, just like Fuente was. This this feels different, though. Like, Fuente was so clearly like a Texas, Oklahoma, like Midwest, you know, like su- Southern Midwest kind of guy. Like Billy Napier, I mean, he spent almost a decade starting his coaching career, uh, coaching under Tommy Bowden at Clemson, and yeah. then he worked for Saban, and and then he was the OC at Arizona State for a year. Uh, he played quarterback at Furman in South Carolina. Like he's a little bit more of an East, East Coast. Coast. Like he, I, I think he could make that work a little bit better than Justin Fuente ever did. But there, it's not like they're just totally without comparison either. Yeah, and Napier too is like a guy who's like he's he's charismatic, but like is he energized right to to be at Virginia Tech? And like Fuente yeah. was for a little while, and that didn't seem like he was anymore. And does, does I don't know? Maybe I'm reading too far into that. But Napier's a guy who I who's definitely on the list. I think uh, Dave Clawson at Wake. I've talked about that on this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a guy who's going to prioritize player development, which has been one of the major issues plaguing Virginia Tech, this guy's doing more with less at Wake Forest. He's got certain recruiting restrictions at Wake due to academics, due to the fact that they only have so much money they put into their football program, and he makes it work. And everybody's like, oh, well, why didn't Dave Clawson get any love from like any of these schools in the past i'm like you guys haven't been paying attention like he has the last three or four years like everybody's like oh he's like you know wake's doing better in a down acc year mm-hmm. i'm like yeah but they're well coached all the time yeah and he's been getting looks for a number of years you guys are just paying better attention to it now because it involves virginia tech by the way what what is a quote-unquote down acc outside of clemson not being all that good and by the way wake hadn't played clemson yet we're going to talk right. about that later in this episode. <laughs> yeah, they play this Saturday. And like a down down Clemson is going to win nine games probably. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what what are we really talking about here? And the rest of the ACC is doing what the ACC does. I mean, pits up. 
Pitt's legitimately good. Syracuse yeah. better than expected. Like, there's a lot of teams you can point to that are outperforming expectations. So, yeah, I don't know. So those are those are three on the list. I'd like Marcus Freeman. I've heard Mike Alco. That would be fine. It's just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. It's interesting to me. I think this hire is going to tell us a little bit of something about where Virginia Tech stands in terms of like a job ranking nationally. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's three top 10 jobs available right now mm-hmm. uh, being LSU, Florida, and USC. Virginia Tech is up there with, I would say it's a better job than TCU, maybe depending on who you are. Um, I'm struggling to remember what else is open right now, but Virginia Tech is kind of in that second tier of open jobs. And it's like, you talk about like a Billy Napier. It's like, you, then you think about some of the jobs that he's been associated with in recent years. Like that's, that's LSU. That's Florida are going to be the first things that he's going to look at. And if, if you hear that he's hired by Virginia Tech or by TCU, it probably means he got passed over for those jobs. Yeah. It's not that like those jobs are more uh more desirable than Florida and LSU, right? Like so Right. Right. It's going to be interesting just to kind of watch what the what you know what ends up happening and trying to reconstruct, you know, how did we get here, I think. Here here's a question for you. Where do you think Virginia Tech ranks among like and, and ties into this, but like where do you think Virginia Tech ranks as far as jobs nationally? Like I my personal opinion on is I think Virginia Tech's like a top thirty job. I, I think anything twenty five to thirty, yeah, yeah, twenty five to thirty. Like that's that's the range I have them in too. I yeah. think people who think this is like a top twenty job, I, I don't think it is. No, no, you got to realize that. I mean, half of the SEC at minimum is a probably. I mean, and depending on how you qualify a quote unquote good job, but in terms of resources right. and ceiling and some of those things, I mean, at least half of the SEC is a better job than this. That's before you get into the USC's, Oregon's, Washington's of the Pac-12, the Ohio State's, the Michigan's, the Michigan State, the Penn State of the Big Ten, you know, the Wisconsin's, the like, it's very easy to start coming up with jobs that you could come up with being, you know, more desirable in one way or another than Virginia Tech. And it's not to say that Virginia Tech's a bad job or it's not a winnable job or, you know, whatever, but like, there's just, there's a pecking order there, right? Right. Right. No, I agree. And I keep throwing schools out. I haven't even mentioned Oklahoma or Texas or like, you know, Clemson or Florida State or Miami. Like there are there are plenty of jobs out there that I think it was fairly easy to make an argument that it's a better job than Virginia Tech. And that's OK. Right. But it's still a, it's not a bad job. It's it's a no. pretty good job job right like i mean i mean it's one of the success there and and make the splash and all that stuff yeah i mean i think it's one of the top jobs in the acc still yeah like but i i don't think it's like uh they're fans right whatever Mm -hmm. it's fine and i'm not gonna drone on and on about it but fans seem to think this job i think is a little bit better than it is i'm I'm not trying to downgrade i mean i think virginia tech's come a long way with facilities and stuff like that the last couple of years but like it took Justin Fuente interviewing at Baylor for you to like get a kick in the ass with your facility upgrades. Yeah. Like, that's what it took. So I think fans are going to look back on this and not thank Justin Fuente, but be thankful that that event happened. Yep. That he had that dalliance with Baylor because I think it's going to help Virginia Tech from an infrastructure standpoint in the long run. It got you somewhere. Yeah. Um, if I had to rank it in the ACC, and I think we did this last offseason. We did. Yeah. I don't remember what we said. I. I would probably put Virginia Tech about fifth. 
depending on how you compare that to the North Carolina job, I think. Oh, I think it's higher in Carolina. I think. And it might be fourth. I mean, I, I'd put it behind Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fourth and or fifth is reasonable, though. It's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, if if not yeah. North Carolina, then I don't know who else is above Virginia Tech in the ACC in terms of job quality. Yeah, I don't want to say I don't think Carolina cares about football or think, doesn't care about football. I don't think Louisville's like, a better job. I don't think Georgia Tech's a better job. Like, I think I think Louisville, Carolina, Georgia Tech, NC State are all like in that range. Like you can put them between like four and six. I know I named like five schools there, but you can put them in the range of like four and six. Nothing would surprise me. It's probably fair. It's probably fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, point being, not a bad job, not an undesir- undesirable <laughs> job, not a yeah. place that like nobody knows how to win there. Like there, there's blueprints. Right. Like it's been done. There's resources. There's a culture. Like the fans. There's a a big fan base, right? So the fans care, man. It's an SEC fan base for sure. Yeah, and that like, goes a long way. It does. It does. I mean, you're so, going to have the in, investment from the fans from the standpoint of people care about your football program, want to be relevant. We do know that. Like, they're dying for this program to be relevant. That's right. That's right. So, I don't know. All to say, Mike, we've been talking about this for, I don't know, what, like three years now? Like, getting rid yeah. of Justin Fuente? Pretty much. Yeah. And, three uh, years. Finally happened. It finally happened. It finally happened. You have a. I, I know we got a preview game, so you have a few candidates on top of your head you look at. Um, you know the the. I think the Blake Anderson. You you mentioned his name. You texted that to me yesterday. I thought that was a great idea. Um, obviously Billy Napier, uh, Jamie Chadwell is another name that's come up that I think could be very interesting. Um, that's a guy who's. I don't think he's going to recruit his tail off in the way that Billy Napier might, but schematically, I mean, Jamie Chadwell is kind of on the cutting edge of of like. It's literally like the modern triple option um, right. is what he's running, and it's it, it's pretty impressive, and it's kind of what got Coastal Carolina nearly like into a New Year's Six game last year. Right. Um, <clears throat> there was another name that came to my mind earlier. Oh, um, and this is mostly just ribbing you just to see if I can get a reaction. Oh Christ! There there is a national title winning quarterback or a, a national title winning coach out there, Mike, that might be upgrading moving from the current job to Virginia Tech. Can we say come on down Gus Malzahn? Anybody? Nobody? I actually um I actually like Gus Malzahn. <laughs> I like that. I've thought of that. I've thought of Gus Malzahn. It's an interesting uh, thought. It is. Uh people have been saying, oh, do you guys want Dan Mullen if Florida lets him go? I'm like Yep. Yeah, I do. I he would be that. an upgrade. People are like, oh, don't, I don't want I don't want Mullen because he said he doesn't care about recruiting in Florida. I'm like, have you seen their recruiting classes? He cares enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, he cares enough. Come on, guys. He cares like, so Jesus. much that they dropped all the way to like 12th overall or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Virginia Tech had the 76th ranked recruiting class two years ago. Are we, re- we really going to like nitpick like between 10th and 12th in the country? Dude, if, I mean, if they can Mullen and you can get Dan Mullen at Virginia Tech, you'd do oh, it in a heartbeat. Oh, I. Don't think twice. Don't look back. Just do it. God, I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have to change my pants like three times a day if that happened. <laughs> Be unbelievable. Uh, Sean Lewis at Kent State. 
That's uh, an interesting name. Is another name, I think, to kind of keep an eye on. The other name I so, saw brought up that I think is a great idea if you can get him, but I might he might just be comfortable where he's at as Joe Moorhead. Yeah, I like that name too. What do you think of Hugh Freeze? I, I, I don't feel think like they it go would that route. An absolute like PR <laughs> like <laughs> shitstorm, frankly. Yeah, but yeah. I think he'd win a lot of football games. I think he would too. I mean, he can recruit Virginia. Mm-hmm. He knows the state. He's relevant from a coaching standpoint. He hasn't had a sanction in six years. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's interesting. Uh, my buddy brought up Mike Houston from. Uh, He's the East Carolina head coach. He's coach at JMU. And I think it's a little too early. Yeah, Yeah, probably a little too early given like East Carolina still trying to turn things around. But that was an interesting name. Like he is familiar with the landscape. He has been successful elsewhere. Not the worst idea in the world. Who's the head coach at uh, Old Dominion? If you can't beat him, join him or hire him. Uh, Ricky Rainey, I believe. Ricky Ronnie. Ronnie. Yeah. Former OC from either Penn State or Michigan or maybe both. I can't remember. I think he was the wide right receivers now. coach at one of them and the OC at the other. I can't remember. He's a quarterback. He was a quarterback's coach at Penn State, and I clicked the wrong link, so it just brought me to Penn State's Wikipedia page. So, anyway. All right. Sounds good. Cool. <laughs> uh, week 12 preview? Yeah, week 12 preview. Cool. Uh, a lot of good candidates. We'll keep you updated. Um, I don't know. Depending on how, how long this takes. Don't think it'll take that long, but if it takes a while, we might uh, deep dive it a little bit more. Yep. Mike, there are uh, there were games in week twelve. We should probably go ahead and work on talking about here. Um, mm-hmm. As with every week, we start by recapping our current Van Gorder coin balances. As the people know, we started the season with five hundred Van Gorder coin apiece. Uh, Van, you know, Brian Van Gorder, of course, we're honoring with this Van Gorder coin balance. Uh, Brian Van Gorder gone, but not forgotten. Uh, that's to be sure. Uh, we started with five hundred apiece. We're using this to kind of represent how confident we are on each of these picks that we make on the podcast. Um, last week, I just basically pushed some chips around. I am uh, up, not quite two Van Gorder coin on the week. Uh, I am at three ninety four. Even you, uh, you had a you were a slight winner. You were up ten and a half Van Gorder coin. You were up to four fifteen even on the year. So you have a lead of about twenty one Van Gorder coin on me. Um, just pretty much just as the Lord intended. As this podcast I'm, goes, Mike, I'm so freaking rich. You are. You are. That Van Gorder coin will get you a long long way in life. Luckily, you were given uh, 500 of it to start. I was, and it's so easy to withdraw from BetUS. <laughs> professional professional uh, uh, transition there. Yes. Mike, of course, Van Gorder coin are more you know traditional currencies. You could put in and actually do some wagering at BetUS.com. Uh, Mike, it's America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for over 30 years. You can go over there and gamble on college football, the NFL, uh, the NBA. Uh, I think the NHL has started up at this point. There's college basketball now. Uh, they've got spreads. They've got totals. They've got money line numbers. They've got Heisman odds. They've got national championship odds. Like You can go bet on all these different things. Do it all at BetUS.com. Uh, Mike, use promo code GOACC for a 125% bonus on your first deposit of at least $100 there at BetUS.com. And of course, as always, all the spreads and totals we get, we're we about to talk about here in terms of Week 12, brought to you and provided by BetUS.com. America's favorite online sportsbook. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what somebody says. Mike, let's get going here. 
We're going to move kind of quickly because it's been 35 minutes and we haven't talked about a game yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. The, 35 minutes? The Louisville Cardinals. It has been 35 oh minutes. The Louisville <laughs> Cardinals are on the road in Durham taking on the Duke Blue Devils. Mike, Louisville is a 20-point favorite on the road. Total is 60 and a half. Uh, first of all, no thanks. Second of all... <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, no thanks. Second you. of all, I... Do I want Duke in the points, or do I want to lay twenty with a road team on a short week? Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Duke. I'm on Duke. I I'd, I'd rather just take the bad team with the points and just I'm not I'm not laying twenty with Louisville on a short week. We we've seen too much inconsistent. Here here's the rationale. You ready? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I know what you're gonna say. Duke's bad. Noted. Saw it with my own two eyes last week. Right. Yeah, they haven't Real haven't bad. won an ACC game yet. Yeah, they are atrocious. Noted. Short week. Mm-hmm. Louisville's Jekyll and Hyde. Yes. They won a game last week in blowout fashion in a way that I wasn't sure was possible in ACC play by a Louisville team. Can they do it two weeks in a row? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Mike, can you can you Google something for me real quick? I can. I need you to look like, up at, at this Thursday night game for Duke. Are they are they retiring Lamar Jackson's jersey at this game too? <laughs> you were so serious. You were like hands on the keyboard, like ready to go. Oh, like I, I had Google you go pulled there. up. Google pulled up. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm literally, uh, I'm literally sharing my screen right now to prove it. (laughs) There it is. Mike, this is a family program. I don't need to see what's on your screen here. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Give me Duke, I guess. I I mean, catching 20. There's, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this too. There's a non-zero chance that Duke just like wins this game outright. I, I don't know about all that. Holy shit. I mean, come on. Uh, you sure? Duke at plus 750 on the money line right now. Like, <laughs> they're not good, but you talk about, like, the, the emotional letdown, short week, road trip, like, the whole thing for Louisville. Like, if someone was going to go completely sideways and they were going to just, like, lose a game they had no business losing, this is the one. And remember, capable of losing <laughs> games they have no business losing. I, I agree with that. But remember a couple minutes ago when you said no thanks? Yeah. Also that. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we can't say no thanks and then say yeah, Duke win, Duke's winning outright. Uh, but I will take the under, Joey. I see you typed that into your into your uh, spreadsheet there. Yeah, I'll take the under as well. I'm there with you. This again, this feels like this could be kind of a sleepy one for Louisville. And if I mean, if if Louisville can't get to like 30 points, first of all, covering is going to be tough. But second of all, I mean, total is 60 and a half. Lu- like Louisville is fully capable of getting out and turning this into a track meet and. Duke is like the the person on the field team of the track and field team. You know, they're doing the shot put. They're not the sprinter, so they just get beat by like 40 points. But I don't know. This could also just be a uh, a bit of a slog, a bit of a, a struggle. So, yeah, give me the, the under. If I if I feel strongly about anything here, it's the under. I mean, if, if Louisville stops the run, I mean, they could score 60 by themselves. It's possible. Yeah, that is possible. So. I think I, mean, Duke, I think Duke will hold up okay against this run game for Louisville though, and that's 
that's a lot of where my my thought on the under comes is if you can if you can get Louisville to help hold them to like 28 31 this will go under yeah the, the issue is I could also I could also see like 30 to 7 or something yep like well lost that one that's so right. no I want I want no part of this game yep no wagers either way but Duke and the under for the both of us if we got to take picks Louisville outright by the way probably yeah clear yeah, that, that's the, yeah, that's the pick. That's the pick. I'm just saying. Joey's not so sure. I have seen more shocking things, such as Kansas beating Texas last week. That was more shocking than Duke beating Louisville here would be. I agree. Yeah, I mean, Kansas is barely an FBS program, so I agree. Right. I guess neither. I mean, Duke's barely an FBS program at this point. Anyway. <laughs> Love you, Blue Devils. Uh, let's move on. Coach Cut. 330 yep. on ESPN2. The Virginia Cavaliers are a 14 and a half point underdog on the road uh, in Pittsburgh, taking on the Panthers, the number 18 Panthers at Heinz Field. Mike, 14 and a half? Like at this point, if if this number is legit, then we can say for sure that Brennan Armstrong is not playing in this game, right? I was gonna say, did he call up the sports books? Like that, somebody knows something. Who's cooking the books here? Because if Brandon Armstrong's playing in this game, this has to be like a single-digit spread at, at minimum, right? Here's the thing, though. like, Whose defense do you trust more to get a stop against an explosive offense? Uh, pass? <laughs> I, the answer's Pittsburgh, Joey. The answer's Pittsburgh, right? No, Pittsburgh stops the run. They're not going to stop the pass. I guess they can rush the passer a little bit, but like... Like, Virginia knows they can't run the ball, so they're not going to be one of these teams. It's like, what if we just try to run it 40 times against Pittsburgh's defense? It's like, they're not going to do that. They're just going to throw it 60 times, and Pittsburgh's secondary will give it up, man. Like, I mean, I understand these are two very like-minded offenses. Mm -hmm. And just forget the whole run game thing. Yeah, and, and pretty much forget the whole defense thing. But if I needed a stop, I'm picking Pittsburgh's defense over UVA's. Yeah, that's probably right. Not by much, but but yeah. I mean, if if you put a gun to my head and said, put one of these defenses on the field, they have to get a stop, I, I would probably be taking Pittsburgh's defense. Yes, that, that is correct. So, I mean, Brennan Armstrong be damned. Gun to your head. Who are you going with here? Like, but it's not Brennan Armstrong be damned because, like, it's not like Pitt's defense is like head and shoulders better than Virginia's, right? Like, if Brendan Armstrong is playing, I want Virginia every little bit of it. And honestly, Virginia could win this game straight up. Like, I realize that, you know, you, you kind of scoff at the idea of Duke winning against Louisville straight up. Yes. Well, I, yes, I do. That's kind of crazy. But also... That like, is kind of crazy. Again, matchup-wise, like, can Pitt stall out for three drives in a row and Virginia just, like take advantage, take a lead, and never give it up? Yeah. that That's on the table if Brendan Armstrong's playing. And if he's not, then Pitt's going to win this game by like four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, Notre Dame played against UVA last week, right? And Notre Dame, I get that Jack Cohn had three touchdown passes, but we saw what Notre Dame did with their running game against UVA. And UVA gave up almost eight yards per play on defense. Mm -hmm. And a majority of those were running the football. And, I mean, Pitt can't really run it, but, I mean, 
They can run on UVA, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And I don't know what Brandon Armstrong's health is. Uh, I just Googled it. There is uh, nothing really definitive one way or the other. Pitt. Interesting. Okay. Pitt. I think Pitt's better. I'm just going to go with the better team. And it's a big spread, but I don't know. Armstrong out. I I don't think UVA's defense can really stop the run or the pass. I, I think Pittsburgh can make a few stops. And I think that makes a difference, even if Armstrong does play. I just... And, and we don't know what, even if he plays, we don't know if he's going to be anywhere close to 100%. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Give me Pitt. I'm going to take Virginia. This is, just, this is so many points, Mike. Um, I mean, especially 14 in the hook, like outside of two touchdowns. Like, I, I just, I can't give that many points um, in a game that I think Virginia has the ability to be competitive in. Um, and, and by the way, we didn't mention this. This is now like the de facto Coastal Division Championship game. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Virginia um, Tech's still alive somehow. Yeah, math is weird. How We're funny like, would that be? If that would be ridiculous. Um, Interim coach J.C. Price guides Virginia Tech to a conference championship. To a conference championship. Uh yeah, but this is pretty much a Coastal title. Uh, yeah. If Pitt wins here, they they lock up the Coastal Division. That's it. Yes. Um, yeah. If Virginia wins. They more like they they just need to win next week, but they control their own destiny, right? So, yeah, the the, the standings in the coastal division are this will come as a shock, Mike. Pretty jumbled and uh, pretty close, and nobody has really separated themselves in mid November. Yeah, uh, from Virginia Tech standpoint, they need UVA to beat Pitt. They need Pitt to lose again, and the Virginia Tech needs to beat Virginia next week, and Virginia Tech needs to beat Miami this week. So, pretty unlikely that all those things happen. But I would just—I mean, whatever. Things, stranger things have happened. Mike. I mean, if you want to put a few do- <laughs> if you want to put a few dollars on Tech to win the coast, so I'm not going to stop you. But it won't be me. It'd be long odds, yeah. I'd uh, rather buy a hamburger. Total here is 66. Give me the over. Um, no, under. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, this this is a to me this is a question of game script and like who who are you picking? <laughs> it's also a question of who plays quarterback. Yeah, because <laughs> I watched Jay Wolfolk and I'm sure he'll have a nice career, you know, once Brian Armstrong moves on. But uh, he's not quite ready as a true freshman for you know everything the UVA offense has to offer. He wasn't awful, but I don't see him, you know, moving and matriculating for changing his offense and route to like thirty or forty points. No, don't see it. No. No, but I do think Pitt, even if he doesn't, even if Armstrong doesn't play, Pitt can, Pitt's going to score 40 in this game. I think one way or the other. So uh, get you a lot of, I think here. so. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Okay. Virginia, in the over for me, Pitt in the under for you still no wagers either way. Fair enough. Yep. Let's go noon on ESPN. The number 10 wake forest, Steeman Deeks. A four and a half point underdog on the road, taking on the mighty unranked Clemson Tigers. Uh, four and a half feels like a lot here, Mike. Uh, for as good as Wake has been, and they're ranked, but also we know who Clemson is. We know how much talent they have on their roster. Like, is this a continuation of what we've seen from this series in the past few years, or is Wake finally going to step up and take this one? 
I like Wake. I think I do too. I like Wake. Listen, here's why, right? So I don't think anybody's going to argue this, but NC State has the second best defense in the ACC behind Clemson. Can we all agree there? If it's not them, I'm, I mean, yeah, yeah. Florida State okay. or Miami, but yeah, no, probably, yeah, no, it's NC State. It's NC State. Probably NC State, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> and we mentioned on the recap that we thought NC State's defense played pretty well against Wake Forest. No, they did. Yeah, they, they held up okay. Question for you How many points did Wake Forest score? 45. That's right. So, I don't think Clemson's defense is infinitely better than NC State's to the point where I don't think Wake Forest will be able to move the football at all. Right. right? So, my whole thing here is like, how many points is Clemson going to score on Wake Forest defense? And how much is Clemson going to get in their own way? Because Wake Forest defense is perfectly happy with giving up as many points as possible. Mm-hmm. And Clemson's offense is plenty happy with getting in their own way and shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, they're so, good at that. The question here is how many stops can Wake Forest get? That's the question because Wake Forest is going to score in this game. But like Clemson's defense is good. They're not they're not like all world good. They're not like Georgia good where I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, they can't they can't <clears> score. <throat> Maybe at the beginning of the year, sure. But they I mean, we we know the injuries they've dealt with and they've been on the field a ton because their offense sucks. So it's a different story than when it was 10 to 3 back on Labor Day weekend, right, between Clemson and Georgia. A little mm-hmm. bit different now. So I'm going to go with Wake because I think they'll be able to score in the 30s. And I think that's going to be enough. Because I don't, I just, I got to see it week over week with Clemson. Like they're doing just enough to get by. And the offense has gotten a little bit better. DJU is just simply not a fit. A quarterback for them yeah he's, no. he's not a fit for what they want to do that's not that's nothing against dju all the talent in the world five star all that stuff really really good raw talent right mm-hmm. he's just not a fit for their offense like they need somebody who's like deshaun watson or trevor lawrence like they need that kind of guy who's like a more willing runner a more able runner like shifty like dju is more of like i'm going to run over you yeah. And that's just not that's not the Clemson offense. There's too much read and like off tackle running with the quarterback. Like that's not what he's made for. Like he's a it's like a Gerard Evans 2016 at Virginia Tech. Like that's what DJU is. He's like, I'm gonna take mm-hmm. a snap, I'm gonna run right up the middle. Or like uh a more modern reference, like KJ Jefferson at at uh Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. Like same deal. I could take a snap just run over you. Like Phil Dracovic is like that too. Yeah. So that's what DJU does. That's not what Clemson does schematically. Give me Wake. And uh, 56 and a half, I think if I'm taking Wake, it's going to have to probably go under. That's, that's tough, though. That, that's a good line. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good total. It's a really good number. Uh, I'll, I'll probably just lean under and, and take Wake. I'm with you. I'm going to take Wake. And, and it's, it's like I... I want to say that I think they'll win on the field, but I think I think it's also on the table that Wake like loses by three to four points. Like outside of yeah. four, like that's a pretty key number, and I don't see Clemson getting a lot of separation here. Like they just have not been as consistent, effective on offense as you need to be to get separation from an offense like Wake, who will just hit deep shots and they can run the ball on anybody and like. I just I, I don't think Clemson's going to be dynamic enough offensively to get any sort of separation here. 
I'm going to bring up a point here that I meant to bring up at um, the end of the UVA Pittsburgh preview we just did. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can tease that UVA Pittsburgh line down with UVA, right? Tease it down to like, I guess I, you want to be on Pittsburgh side of this. So I guess UVA is like a 14 and a half point dog. Mm-hmm. If you can tease that down to like plus 12. I think you probably feel more confident in Pittsburgh there. Well, if you, I mean, if you put these two games, put it this way, Pittsburgh minus 14 and a half and Wake plus four and a half. If you do that in like a six point teaser, yeah. where you've got Wake 10 and a half and Pittsburgh yep. like eight and a half. Yeah, that's a good point. Might not feel bad about that at all. No. So if you <clears> do six points either direction, that's why I was saying if you can tease Wake Forest to like a 10 point dog. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I feel good about that going in because, like, like you said, to your point, like I don't think Clemson's going to be able to gain separation here. Yeah, Wake's offense is too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so. I'm going to take the over here, fifty six and a half. But that's it's like fine. I can see a final score of like thirty one twenty eight or something. It's not drastically yeah. over the total, but it's just barely. I don't feel strongly about it. I'm still not looking I, to wager on this game either. Yeah, I have no strong opinions on that either way. Um. All right, waking me over for me, waking me under for you. When this line first came out, I was like hammer wake, and now I've like backed off that a little bit over the last couple of days. I'm like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Um. A couple like, notes in this wake. game, by the way, before we move on, because we're leaving all the important stuff to the end. Uh. Yeah. Number one, wake can clinch their spot in Charlotte with a win here. Um. They need to win either this week or next week against Boston College to clinch their spot in Charlotte. Uh, number two, we found out earlier today, Mike, that Justin Ross's college career is over at Clemson. Um, uh, just started. He was at a, it was a, sp- a sprained or broken ankle that he suffered. That uh, he he's just gonna call it quits and get ready for the NFL draft in April. He's he's done. Weird at career. What a weird career. Really unfortunate, man. A lot of stuff left on the field there. He looked like he was the next, you know, Jerry Judy. Uh, like there were there were a number of these guys that it was like oh this kid's the next big thing and then I mean with the spinal thing and now the ankle thing like just a couple of really unfortunate injuries for him have have derailed what would have been a pretty uh, a pretty nasty college career I think yeah Matt Connolly uh, he writes for friend of the show Clemson yeah friend of the show ClemsonSports.com haven't had him on in a while but uh, he mentioned he's like Justin Ross played three seasons at Clemson. Freshman year, he led the team in receiving yards. Sophomore year, led the team in receptions. Junior year, injured. Senior year, this year, leads team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. But he goes, tough way to end it, but a great career to include an incredible playoff run in 2018. I feel like that's spin zone. Um, Yeah, a little bit. I feel like that. I mean, are we just going to pretend that like he didn't, leave a lot on the field like freshman year on i mean the 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 trajectory there after the first half was not was not kept up he had a really good year and a half yeah he did he did and now he's the best receiver on a terrible offense this year and he could still be really good in the nfl i think so too i don't know talented good player Nothing, nothing to do with his NFL potential. I think he could be really good in the NFL, and I think he's a very talented receiver. And this is not a shot, at Justin Ross. I just think like the 
we're looking at this through like a weird lens. I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you can squint and look at it a few different ways. Yeah, I don't know that it like drastically changes the calculus in this particular game, but it's just no. one more hit for the uh, no. the Clemson offense that hasn't uh, <laughs> hasn't been the most effective or dynamic, anyways. You know, right? No, I agree. So, all right. Uh, wake in the over for me. Wake in the under for you. Let's move on, Mike. We got another game to preview before we do. Let's talk real quick about section103.com. Mm. Mike, it is it is the place on the internet to go buy Georgia Tech apparel. Uh, it has official word marks. They've got that ATL logo. They've got shirts, t-shirts, sweatshirts, all that with the official Tech gold color on them. These things are hard to find places, Mike. And for reasons that I don't really understand, but what I do understand is I can find them at section103.com. Uh, once again, t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. They've got things for men, women, children. It's comfortable. It looks great. It is perfect game day wear. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but there is a game coming up next weekend uh, mm-hmm. where they are going to be playing a team from about 80 miles up the road. Uh, it's not 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 Atlanta's team, that's to be sure. What's the spread going to be on that one? Probably around Dear 50. God. Probably around Dear 50. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the point being is, uh, you know, if you want to go and support the actual hometown team, Georgia Tech, and and support Atlanta's team, and I don't know, you know, whatever hashtag put on for the 404 or, you know, whatever we're doing these days. 404 the culture. Be 404 the culture, that's right. Uh, you should go get a sweatshirt from section103.com. Keep yourself warm, look good, support the home team. Go do that. I mean, I like I like my shirts. Yeah. You're a fan of a rival team and you love those shirts. That's how good they are. I Yeah, super comfortable. I am not wearing one right now, but I have worn one this week. Super soft, super comfortable. Cannot recommend them enough. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. Mike, Christmas is coming up. Need some stocking stuffers? The hoodies don't fit in the stocking, but other stuff does. So mm-hmm. look, or just, you know, don't, don't put them in the stocking. Put them next to the stocking. It's 2021. There's no rules. There are no rules. Uh, I do have the shirt that says Bobby Dodd is my happy place. I have never sat foot in Bobby Dodd Stadium. Not it, once. But but you know. It's my happy place. It is your happy place. That's right. Section103.com told you. Once again, Mike, use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order at section103.com. I, I think I said sat foot. I meant set foot. Set foot, for set ch- foot. Yeah, I need to be checked. There was that one Thursday night game like four years ago where Virginia Tech was like getting their ass beat or something. And I was there. I was gonna say it. There, there was a TV, sh- a camera shot that looked a lot like you that you denied <laughs> it, but I'm pretty sure you were there. It was not me. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I was with my. I promise. I was with my wife. Use my promo code wife. Go ACC for ten percent off your first order at oh, section one. That was hilarious. I think I still have that picture somewhere. Yeah. I'll find it. <laughs> it's got to be in our text history for sure. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. We have to go back ways though. 2.30 p.m. on NBC, my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a 17-point underdog in South Bend against the Notre Dame mm-hmm. Fighting Irish. The Irish are, by the way, number eight in the country. Totals 59 and a half. I, I, I mean, no, I, I don't have anything here. Like, total, like a, a 17, I don't know, probably Notre Dame's covering this, right? Like, Well, I, yeah, but they do this weird thing at home where they don't always cover when they should. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing. Uh, I'm on, I'm on Notre Dame, but it's a lean. Yeah, it's a lean. I'm. Uh, I haven't placed a single bet yet here. 
I and I'm perfectly fine with staying off that too, by the way. Uh, Notre Dame in the under. And look, I, I just don't think Georgia Tech's going to score that much. And I think Notre Dame will be perfectly content winning this game like 24 to 3 or something or 24 yeah. to 7. 24 7 would be annoying because that's, that's 17 on the nose. I could see this being like 31 14 and like yeah. pushing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. <laughs> like, I push in the under. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, the one thing that gives me pause here about trying to take Georgia Tech in the points is realize where we are on the calendar and where Notre Dame is in the rankings and that Notre Dame is probably not looking to leave any amount of doubt in anybody's mind right now right. that they belong in the playoff. So if they get the chance to score an extra touchdown at the end and make the score look even better, I think they're probably going to take it. So, I mean, by that logic alone, not to mention Georgia Tech just being a mess, kind of on more so on defense, but to some degree at times on offense. I don't necessarily yeah. know, by the way, who's playing quarterback here. Yeah, uh, Jeff Sims finished. He played the entire Miami game two weeks ago, and then last week was just like in street clothes. Like I don't know what happened to him. I, I haven't heard one way or the other if he's going to be back or not. And if he's not, I mean, you, you need someone kind of dynamic like him to have any shot against Notre Dame. So, yeah, give me give me the Irish. I think the Irish win this in a runaway. This isn't going to be close. I will uh, – I'm going to stay off this too. I think I, I'm just – I agree with taking the under too, by the way. Yeah. I Notre Dame does weird stuff at home sometimes where they just don't cover. So, I'm going to stay off it. Yeah. For now, I mean, I might bet it later this week, of course, because you know I'm a degenerate. But they must stay off it tonight. You know what, Mike? Let's get dangerous. Screw it. Forget it. Let's lock up the under. What the hell? What? What the hell? You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. We're locking up the under. We're putting 25 Van Gorder coin on it. Gee, dear God. Georgia okay. Tech is not scoring in this game. Like, I can't really envision a scenario where Georgia Tech gets to 20 points here. Like, you're, you're asking Notre Dame to score 40-plus by themselves, not to mention to cover for what Georgia Tech doesn't score. 59 and a half is a lot of points for this game. Like, give me the under for sure. 48 to 14 is going to be fun. <laughs> I can't wait to lose my Van Gorder coin on a, uh, what what is that, 34-point loss? Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. You good? Can't tempt you? You're good? I'm good. I'm good here. All right. Notre Dame in the under for the both of us. (laughs) Got my eye on one later. There you go. Notre Dame in the under for the both of us. I locked up the under for 25 Van Gorder coin. Uh, Mike, 4 o'clock in the ACC Network. The Syracuse Orange on the road in Raleigh taking on the number 20 NC State Wolfpack. Syracuse an 11.5 point underdog. Total is 50.5. Thoughts? Syracuse, lock it up. Oh! You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. I I like that pick, honestly. Thank you. Uh, you want to get dangerous? Let's get dangerous. Joey, NC State. That game did not lock go the way they wanted it to go, right? Oh, I thought you were going to lock up NC State, too, which I I thought that'd be real dangerous. Lock up both teams well, on the spread. That, that'd be <laughs> that'd be hedging, for sure. Uh <laughs> Here's, here's the thing about this, right? 
NC State lost a game last week and a chance to win the Atlantic Division, right? They lost. Yep. And that's everything they were playing for this year is a chance to win the Atlantic Division. That's not necessarily what they thought was realistic coming into the year because Clemson, but I think going into last weekend, they're like, oh my God, our season's on the line here. Ever since what, they like lost. Week, week four when they beat Clemson? You had the win? Yep. Yep. You had the win. Now you also have the loss. Mm-hmm. You let it slip through your fingers. Yeah. Uh, the better team won last week, by the way. I mentioned that a couple mm-hmm. times. But Agreed. Better team won. Uh, the reason why I like Syracuse here is because I don't think Syracuse was as bad, uh, clearly not as bad as they showed last week against Louisville. And this is a Syracuse team that has a propensity to muck games up, muck with an, with an M, excuse me, <laughs> muck games up, family program, run, run the football, play a little bit of keep away and play good enough defense to be dangerous. What gives me pause here is that Devin Leary has been playing really good football, right? So mm-hmm. that gives me a little bit of pause. I think Syracuse will be able to stop the NC state rushing attack because the NC state rushing attack hasn't been all that good. Yeah. Right. Um, they ran the ball better last week. The problem is they didn't continue running when they probably should have, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a situation where I think 11 and a half is a lot of points. I think Syracuse is going to come out a bit pissed off from how that game went last week, getting blown out the way they did, because they are not 38 points worse than Louisville. They're just not. They're not that bad. Right. And they've played better football than a lot of us expected for sure this year. And they have a really good running back that I think will get enough going on the ground here against a good NC State defense to make things interesting. I don't think Syracuse is going to score a lot of points, but I think they're going to score enough to cover 11 and a half because I'm not sure how motivated NC State is going to be in this football game after Mm -hmm. how disappointing last week was. So I'm going with the NC State disappointment factor. Maybe they're a little less focused than usual. I think NC State wins the game. I like Syracuse plus the 11 and a half. Give me 15 Van Gorder coin on that. I'm going to match you, Joey, because I see you put the 15 in already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say that this game is going to go under as well, because I think the only way for Syracuse to cover the 11 and a half is for this game to go under, because I think if this gets shoot out, I don't think Syracuse is going to keep up. I don't disagree with that, but the number 50 and a half is really not high. Like NC State could win this game 28, 24, and it wouldn't shock me at all. And that's not a shootout. and It would go over, you know? Yep. Um I'm with you. It's it's a it's the letdown, the huge letdown factor for NC State. B combine that with it's it's basically a sandwich game with UNC coming up next week. And C, like you said, it's Syracuse like show me what you're worth factor from the Orange after getting just absolutely blown out, uh, blown the hell out last week by like Louisville. Um, matchup wise, I don't know. If there's a lot that I. I feel strongly about one way or the other. I mean, if anything, Syracuse's offense is pretty one-dimensional at this point. And and it's it's all run game, right? So like can NC State stop people's run game? Yeah, yeah, pretty well. But not a lot of anybody's been able to like really stop Syracuse's run game. Like for whatever reason, yeah. they run it against good run defenses and they have some success about it. So I I, I don't know exactly how that works, but 
They're so freaking committed to it. And last week, the game script just got away from them a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But do I think Syracuse can keep this within 11.5? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I feel good about it. I'm with you. I, like I said, 15, or like you said, 15 Van Gorder coin on uh, Syracuse here. I, I feel good about the orange and, and getting a pretty big number. Um, I, I think they'll make this competitive. Honestly, once again, wouldn't put it past the orange to just win this game outright. I I like this spread and the opportunity for Syracuse to win the game outright a lot more than I like your Duke pick earlier. Like I mean that that I'm wasn't a pick. feeling better about this a, one uh, on the table uh, possibility. Well, well, this isn't a pick either. It's just you know if you're feeling frisky. So like in terms of scale here, Duke was plus seven fifty. Uh, Virginia is plus four fifty against Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Syracuse is uh, yet to be announced, so interesting. I will not be editing that line in when it is announced. But the point is, uh, this is a smaller spread than both of those games, so I would guess something like plus three eighty, thereabouts, like less, a little bit less than four to one. Syracuse to win the game outright. Don't hate that and number. Before- and before you lay in with NC State and you're just absolutely convinced with the fact that NC State's a much better team because they are, just ask yourself, are these college kids, yes or no? <laughs> and then once you answer yes, answer the next question, what's left to play for? Mm-hmm. What are we doing out here, Mike? What are we doing out here today? You going to get up for Syracuse now that you have nothing to play for? Dual, dual factor, bad team, bad, mediocre team, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing left to play for at home after losing last week in a really emotional game. Yeah, rivalry game next week. Rivalry game in a week. Yeah, uh, give me cues. Mm-hmm. Come on. All right, Syracuse okay. for the both of us at fifteen Van Gorder coin. You've got. I will be up, betting Mike. that. By the way, I will be betting that this weekend. Yeah, I probably will too. I'll probably yeah. be on that. Yeah, uh, I'm on the over. You're on the under. No, no wagers on the total though. That fifty and a half seems in the right neighborhood. That's right. I would agree. on the ACC Network, Mike. Your Virginia Tech Hokies on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Miami Hurricanes. The Hokies an eight-point underdog. Total is 56. Uh, What's my guy's name? J.C. J.C. Price. J.C. Price is now the interim head coach of your Hokies. Manny Diaz is now reporting to the school president. His AD boss has been fired. Uh, first of all, who the hell knows? Second of all, I think give me Virginia Tech here. Uh, dead cat bounce. A dead cat bounce. B Florida State going to beat Miami twice. You think? I mean, history tells us that yes. <laughs> like, when's the last time that Miami lost to Florida State and then won the next week? It might not have ever happened in recorded history. Okay. <laughs> It didn't happen last year. <laughs> I mean, they've beaten Florida State in several several years in a row, so there was that. But yeah. uh, I mean, I'm on Miami. We're we're good. We're good on the Virginia Tech thing. We're good. <laughs> no thanks. Good on that. No thank you. And uh, <laughs> man, I've picked an under in every single game. <laughs> so, no way that happens. Keep uh, that train rolling. I'm just gonna keep the train rolling because I actually believe in this under. Give me, uh, I'm actually putting some Van Gorder coin on that as well. So give me, give me 15 more on the under in this one. 
Hey. And yeah, I like Miami. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, explosive plays. Yada, yada, yada. Virginia Tech's coach got fired on Tuesday. I mean, how ready are they going to be for this? Trey Turner has to go to this game by bus to Miami <laughs> because he's got that weird like lung thing going on where he like oh, it gets God. aggravated when he flies. So now he's driving 13 hours from Blacksburg to Coral Gables. Did they just like build him like a little dorm room in the back of the equipment truck or something? Like, goodness. I, I, I wonder what are we even doing? I remember that happening a few years ago when Deshaun Watson was with the Texans and he had like a like a punctured lung or something, but mm-hmm. he was still determined to play the next week and they bust him all the way from Houston to Jacksonville. Yeah, that's an easy drive. I mean, it's easier than Blacksburg to Miami. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Give me Virginia Tech here. I, like, I just, coming off that loss last week, in that spot and and the letdown and you realize that your coach is like all of a sudden back on the hot seat like he might be out it's at any point in time plus the dead cat bounce piece to to Virginia Tech like there's reason to just take the Hokies and the points here I don't know who wins I don't know how this game is gonna go um if you feel strongly about the under then I guess I do too I'll just take the under I I'm not wagering this one way or the other um, this is this is such a toss up. Like who on earth knows? But sure, Virginia Tech in the under for me. I mean, like thirty one seventeen Miami. It's not out of the question, is it? No, no, not yeah. at all. That stays under by a little over a touchdown. So yeah, pretty uh, pretty decently under there. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> Outside of a touchdown, I don't hate the Hokies here, but. Again, trying to figure out what either of these teams is going to be this this particular weekend might be a bit of a fool's errand. So, yeah, uh, I agree with that. And by the way, Miami needs a win either this week or next week just to make a bowl game. So, and I, actually, so does Virginia Tech. So stakes for both of these teams. Somebody's going to make you know bowl eligibility this weekend. God, I don't even know who wants to play in a bowl game. <laughs> just get this over with. Yeah, please help me. Just be done with it. Uh. Last conference game, Mike, noon on the ACC Network, the Florida State Seminoles, a two-point underdog on the road in Chestnut Hill, taking on the Boston College Eagles. Total's 55. Um, I, I, uh, Boston College? Florida State, lock it up. Whoa. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Please. Who was the Florida. emailer that told us we're never locking or uh, picking Florida State things ever again? Uh, I believe that was me. <laughs> hmm. I believe that was me. Okay. That was not a listener. That was me. Well, I guess listener by default. That was me. Fair. No, we're locking up. We're locking up Florida State here. I mean, I mean, uh, they're going to beat Miami twice, but in a different sense. Like they're going to get two wins off of it. They have a lot to play for. Uh, BC's reach bowl eligibility. Uh, they played fine against Georgia Tech. They gave up 30 points to a backup quarterback, though, and that Florida State offense last week showed me something in the second half, and Jordan Travis played pretty well, and, man, I just feel like this line stinks. BC should be favored by more than this, I thought, but... Oh. I thought. 
Oh, I was kind of going to go the other direction. I thought like Florida State should have been favored here. No, no, no. See, I, I think BC should be like a three or four point favorite. Hmm. Bill Dracovic back at quarterback looked a little bit better last week. Florida State's defense is hanging in there, you know, and offensively they they have a way to find explosive plays. And it's hard to keep an offense down that – it's hard to bet against an offense that can find explosive plays the way that Florida State tends to in tight games, right? I mean, we saw it against Notre Dame. We saw it last week. We've seen it against UMass. <laughs> We're really stretching here. Give me Florida State. I feel good about it, though. What's your uh, what's your wager here? I uh, like fifteen. I'm just gonna stick with fifteen. I just yeah, fifteen. Give me the over too, just so I break uh break, break my weird streak of betting every under this week. A lot of good numbers this week, and and odd matchups too. Um, I'm gonna take Boston College. This we've known for months. Like we we talked to James Coleman back in August. And he was looking at the schedule and pointed out this game of like, oh, you got the boys from Tallahassee traveling up to Massachusetts in November. That's not going to go well. Um, like we, we know that that's that's just not a good situation for the guys from from, from the Panhandle of Florida. Um, so there, there's that. There's a little bit of the emotional letdown. You're you're you are correct to think that Florida State could then start riding a wave of confidence, basically, coming off that win last week and and keep it going. I think one of the big differences to me is that Florida State's offense under Jordan Travis has, again, it's been fairly one-dimensional. Um, they, they want to run the ball a lot. And the reason I think that that went poorly for Miami, and I don't think it's going to go as poorly for Boston College, is that Miami's defense is some of the worst tackling in the entire country. Like, they take bad angles, they are bad at tackling, and there is just extra yards on, like, every single play that you run against them. And I think that gets exacerbated when you're not, like, throwing incomplete passes and doing things to kind of hurt yourself. Boston College is going to tackle you. Like, they know where to go, they know what to do, they're well-coached, they're not, they're not the most talented bunch, but they're well coached, and, and I think they know the right things to do. Um, so give me Boston College to win this game by at least a field goal at home. Um, I don't feel great about it. I'm not going to wager on this one myself, uh, but I think I like the Eagles here to win and, and cover this game. You know, win by at least two. I, I think that's on the table, not on the table. I think that's what happens. Better thing is more than on the table. Yeah, because I just locked it up. Yeah. So. That's to be sure, to be sure. Um, total's 55. You have the over. I, 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 yeah. yeah, over. I mean, Boston College just gave up 30 to Georgia Tech last week. Like, yeah, we'll take take the over. Sure. This is get a little pointy. Why not? There you go. Boston College in the over for me, Florida State in the over for you. You have Florida State locked up for 15 Van Gorder coin. Last game in the actual ACC, Mike, uh, North Carolina's taken on Wofford at noon on ESPN3. Check your local listings or or don't. Uh, Sam Howell is walking for senior not. day this weekend, it turns out. Uh, and it also turns out that this could theoretically be the first of three senior days that he walks for. Oh, good. Just you know, it just 
saying, you know, could be. But, I mean, I think it tells us something that Sam Howell might be playing his last game there. Redshirt sophomore. Keenan Sam State, Howell. Yeah. 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 So, uh, anything to be worried about here, Mike? I'm in. Are you looking forward to watching this game from start to finish? Uh. We'll take that as a yes. Listening. We'll take it. Are, are, I was just going to say, are our sponsors listening to this right now? Like right this second? Uh, we're like an hour and 20. I don't think anybody is listening to this right now. I'm not I'm not watching a single man to this game. <laughs> are you? Well, no. No, right. Okay. I don't even know All if right. I get the channel this game is on, frankly. so Yeah. And I'm not going to go looking for it. <laughs> you know Definitely I mean? like, not. Definitely not. Yeah, uh, no. Um yeah, no. I don't know. It'd be fine. I mean, this could be a Mac Brown retirement game if Wofford wins. It could be. And and I, I forget where I saw or heard something the last day or so is that there's apparently a couple of Mac Brown retirement rumors just like kind of rumbling around. Yeah, and Mac Brown said in a press conference today, don't believe it. I'm not retiring. That's just a ploy to yeah. get us off our really good recruiting class. So I don't right. think he's retiring yet. I think it's a little early. It it does seem that way. Like only three years after taking a power five head coaching job after spending several years in TV and stuff like, dude, you knew what you were getting into. Like right, three right. years does seem like a, a bit of a short tenure. So I'm not sure I believe that either, but just it's out there in the ether already. So, you know, it's, uh, it's not, not off the table yet, but anyways, right. Uh, all right. Sure. Y'all enjoy watching the Tar Heels and the uh, Terriers, as it were. Uh, are we allowed um, to lock up North Carolina? <laughs> I, I don't have a number on it. Uh, we <laughs> Sure, if you want to North Carolina and Wofford, Mike, you lock so it up you, if you want to. UNC money line? You could put like your entire mortgage on that and win like a hundred bucks. Like And that would be the time Wofford wins. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the way the world works. Specifically, yeah. <laughs> oh. So have fun. Good luck, Tar Heels. Uh you'll you're not gonna need it. It'll be fine. Yeah, agree. Mike, this is a preview show. Uh it turns out we have a recap. Uh Miami of Ohio thirty four. The bowling green Falcons. Kaka. Where's damn it? There we go. Kaka. The Bowling Green Falcons. Seven. Uh well, you almost had it, Bowling Green. Almost. I mean, Scott Leffler is probably getting interviewed by Babcock, who's just distracted this week. <laughs> My man, I don't know what he does. Like he what fails upwards. Magic. He works. Yeah. <laughs> He fails upwards. He is the definition of failing upwards. So yeah, he is almost certainly going to get like the Virginia Tech job here. So yeah, that's that's how this works. That's how college Hokies, works. You have a new head coach at Scott Leffler. Yeah, he should probably he should probably be coaching at Wofford, <laughs> but instead he's going to end up coaching at Virginia Tech again. Oh my gosh! Because you know he knows he knows the area and he knows the culture or something. Can't oh. wait for that spin. You can't get away from the fact that Bowling Green was at its best this year for about 20 minutes of game time after Scott Leffler had been ejected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's when they were playing at their best. See, originally we thought it was because they fired Brian Van Gorder, and that's when they were at their best. But no, it's when they get rid of Scott Leffler too, which, full circle. Just a dink, Mike. Right. Just a dink. 
All right. That's all I got for uh, these ACC Week 12 games. You want to recap real quick? Yeah, let's do that real quick. All right. As far as wagers, I, I'm pretty thin this week. I've got under 59.5 for Georgia Tech and Notre Dame locked up for 25 Van Gorder coin. I've also got 15 Van Gorder coin on Syracuse plus the 11.5 against NC State. Uh, Mike, you have 15 as well on Syracuse. Uh, plus the 11 and a half against NC State. That's locked up. You have locked up Florida State plus the two against Boston College for 15 Van, Van Gorder coin. And you also have 15 Van Gorder coin on the under 56 for Virginia Tech and Miami. Uh, so, yeah, pretty uh, pretty slim wagering week for us this week on the show. We will uh, we'll see how it goes. We will see how it goes. Mike, you want to hit some other games this weekend that you're interested in uh, wagering? Yeah, on? yeah, I'll make this. I'll make this as quick as I can. Um, I'm just gonna run off like five or six of them, Go and then it. yay or nay. Okay, cool. Uh, Ohio State laying the 19 at home against Michigan State. Michigan State's back end of their secondary is awful. I don't think they're gonna be able to get a pass rush on Ohio State. Ohio State's gonna score a billion points. I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. So, uh, give me the Buckeyes there. Um, I don't mind West Virginia minus three at home against Texas. These are two bad teams. Texas just lost to Kansas. West Virginia is a really tough team to play at home. That's kind of a sicko's bet because both teams are four and six, but take a look at it. Dude, Texas has a lot of quit in them, I feel like. Uh, they do, which is why I'm looking at it. Plus, West Virginia always plays well in front of their home crowd, no matter mm-hmm. what their record is. So I don't think West Virginia is very, very good, but I don't think they're quitting on Neil Brown either. So mm-hmm. just something to keep in mind there. Uh, agree on the quit factor, by the way. Bama laying to 21 at home against Arkansas. Same reason. Arkansas secondary. I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Bama for four quarters. So worth a look. Michigan minus the 15. I understand I'm laying huge spreads here, but mm-hmm. Maryland's bad. Maryland's bad. So Michigan minus the 15 in College Park. That's a play. UTSA minus four and a half against UAB. I I got no respect for the Blazers. Um, Jeff Trailer is my president. So UTSA. Uh, Minnesota minus seven and a half. On the road against Indiana, Indiana is an objectively terrible football team. I was so looking at that as well. I like Minnesota, and there were a couple more later in the day. Oh, uh, South Carolina at home, plus seven and a half against Auburn. Bo Nix broke his leg. Mm-hmm. TJ Finley's playing quarterback. Uh, South Carolina lost a game they should have won last week against Missouri. That, that thing went sideways in the second half for them. Uh, I like South Carolina here because – I think South Carolina is going to make a bowl game under Shane Beamer. I think they could do it against Auburn. I like the thinking. I just have no interest in betting on South Carolina. Fine. Uh, <laughs> a couple more. I was going to say, I, like, I like Houston minus eight and a half on Friday night against Memphis. I like Houston too. Yeah, I like Houston too. They're yep. at home. Memphis is not good. Uh, Houston, sneaky, pretty good. Yep. Nope. Like that pick. Like that pick. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I'm on Utah minus the three at home Whew. against Oregon. I'm on it. I'm I, that alone. I would have felt better about this if Utah didn't uh, dick around against Arizona. Last, sorry, uh, last Saturday. But sorry for everybody listening at home with your kids and stuff. But uh, yeah, what? that's what they did. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah it's a that's what they term. did. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's a football term. Kirby Smart uses that in halftime rants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you saw that video. I did. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I Anthony Brown, like time's up, buddy. Time's up. Mm-hmm. I just I have a feeling about Utah, man. They've been playing good football all year. They just look ahead spot against Arizona, maybe. 
If they can and make then, Oregon beat them with Anthony Brown's arm, the Ducks are in trouble. We know we know Anthony Brown from this podcast. Yes, the old Boston College transfer. He is dynamic yep. on the ground, and he is a box of firecrackers with his arm, for better or worse. Like, yeah, sometimes oh, yeah. they blow up in your face. Like, <clears throat> I uh, I got I got one more. And for the record, I may not be betting all these games. I'm just taking these are the ones I'm taking a look at just mm-hmm. at first glance. I will be betting this one. Let me make this clear. 11 p.m. Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah. Now Where's I mentioned the sicko. I mentioned, I mentioned the sicko's bet earlier with West Virginia and Texas. How about another one? Colorado, three and seven, two and four in the Mountain West, going on the road to play Hawaii. Four and seven, one and five in the Mountain West. Wait, Colorado, Colorado State. Colorado State. Okay, you said Colorado. Steve Adazio. I like, Wait, Colorado. I just saw another line with Colorado in it. Never mind. Keep Steve going. Adazio. Steve Adazio. Sorry, I misspoke. Steve Adazio. Our going to. Going to Honolulu, and I'm not sure he knows where Honolulu is. <laughs> Give me Hawaii. Hawaii outright. They're two and a half point dogs. Give me Hawaii money line under 54. Honolulu. Is that in Mexico, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Guys that, being dudes. Guys being dudes. That's right. That's right. Uh, Yeah, I think we covered most of what I'm interested in. There's a lot of funky matchups and lines this weekend, um, at least in terms of spreads. And I haven't had the chance really to look at a lot of the totals, but I mean, this is this is what the SEC would call SoCon Saturday. Right. Where everybody plays like an FCS team before they go play rivals next weekend. So, I, I mean, a lot of weirdness there. Do you have um, any interest in uh, Prairie View A&M against Jimbo? I mean, can I catch like 100 there? Or? <laughs> yeah, if I gave you 100, I'm still not sure I'd take Prairie View. Why is Baylor a one-point underdog in Manhattan against Kansas State? Yeah, it's a weird line. I'm going to leave that alone. That stinks. Leave that yeah, alone. I'm good. I'm good on that one. I'll pass. Um, uh, yeah, I think that might be it for me. Kansas State's having a sneaky good year. Nobody's talking about them. Yeah, in a very Kansas State way. Yes, like they're just they're fine. But that's that that'll get you away. Is in the Big Twelve, like I mean, they're Bill Snyder good, right? Yeah, Which, they're like oh, they lost early in the year a couple times when they shouldn't have. Oh, here they are. They're decent now. They're sitting at seven and three in November. Don't hate Utah State inside of a touchdown against Wyoming at home. Future head coach of Virginia Tech, Blake Anderson. That's right. Blake Anderson on his uh, swan song there in, uh, I don't even know where Utah State is. What what town is that? Uh, I can tell you the state. It is in Logan, right. Logan, right. Yes, Logan, Logan. Utah. And uh, I think I'm with you. Hawaii plus a two and a half on the big island at home. Why not? We look like really trying to lay points with Steve Adazio's Colorado State these days. Hell no. Uh, no, I mean, I'm not even convinced he should still be the coach there, right? <laughs> he shouldn't have ever I was been gonna say, to begin with. Like, I was going to say, I was going to ask if Colt Brennan was playing quarterback for Hawaii, but then I remembered he's dead, so that's really distasteful. Ooh. So, not going to uh, say that as tongue-in-cheek as I would have. Thank God you waited an hour and a half into this podcast to say that. Yes, I didn't didn't realize. Everyone knows you can't be canceled after an hour and a half. That's fine. That 
Who are going to get canceled by BetUS? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mike, that's all I got in week 12. Anything else? <laughs> nope. Nope. I think that puts a nice little bow on it. <laughs> uh, if we weren't getting canceled before, we're getting canceled now. That's right. Let's get out of here. Uh, y'all can find us on Twitter. I'm at FGRS Joey. He's at Mike McDaniel SOS. Together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, all those places you go find podcasts. Uh, hit the subscribe button. We appreciate that. Uh, Mike, they can send us an email with their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. And you want to tell them where else they can find us on the social medias? Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Really appreciate those who have. Um, Mike, you want to come back and uh, recap these week 12 games? Yes. Sounds good. I do. Let's do that after we, like, you know, get some sleep and can, uh, you know, reset some stuff recover a bit yeah recover a bit for sure maybe we'll even be able to talk about virginia tech head coach gary patterson at that point too who's to say i you know (laughs) whatever that would be fine sounds like a plan (laughs) i don't i don't i mean look you fired him (laughs) that was step one like step two hire a new guy there you go dilly dilly logical mike enjoy your weekend we'll talk soon yep all right you too thank you thank you all right thank you guys so much listening we're gonna get out of here we're gonna come back this weekend and recap these games after they're over thank you all so much for listening for mr mike mcdaniel i am joey weaver we will talk to you again soon and until next time go acc